0: Welcome to Radiant Church, my name is Andrew, I'm the lead pastor, and we are so glad you could join us today from wherever you're watching or listening. If this is your first time listening or watching from wherever you're at, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click I'm new. Now fill that form out online as a way of saying thanks, we're going to donate $5 to the nonprofit listed on that form. Now if you join us for the first time today, we're actually right in the middle of a series of talks on how to stay positive in a negative world. I mean, it's just not easy staying positive in our world, right? Especially. In a year like the one we're in right now. And it honestly feels like everyone's caught up in some type of, you know, battle or struggle in their lives right now. Like, I can't open my social media news feed without finding something really discouraging. Um, I can't scroll through the news without feeling helpless. I can't talk to many people and hear their stories without feeling disheartened sometimes. And, and I have a difficult time understanding why so many people are so polarized and incredibly critical and even hateful in our world right now. It's just all over the place, right? And I don't think it's just me like i think you feel the same way too and the last thing you want to do especially for christ followers in a negative world is add to the cynicism and negativity every opportunity we have to encourage and bring light we got to take it And that's especially true when we encounter people who are in the trenches who are in some battles like they don't need us to come along and contribute to what they're fighting they need us to come along and really lift them up right there's a story in the Old Testament about a man named Job. And if you've not heard his story before, wow, it's it's pretty amazing. Job was the guy who had everything. He was the true one percenter, right? He's extremely wealthy, had a great family, great health. He loved God. But God allows the devil to rob him of absolutely everything but his own life. And so all of Job's wealth is taken away. His kids are killed. He gets all kinds of physical ailments. It's a horrible experience. So his friends come along and they tell him, you know, hey, Job, this is all your fault. What crazy sin did you do, right? Because the idea back then was that if bad things happened to you, it was God's way of punishing you, not necessarily like a good sovereign God allowing adversity, you know? So they would say, what sin did you commit, Job? Like, he deserved all of this. He must have done something really terrible and horrible, and God is fixing it and making it right. Just talk about like negative, 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 kicking somebody when they're down, you know? And I love what Job says in in Job chapter 16, verse 2. He says this, because I've heard all this before. What miserable comfort as you guys are, and it gets a little honest. Now, I, I'm not the best counselor. Like I'll listen to you, but counseling's not my thing. My wife is a much better pastoral counselor than I am. <laughs> I fight the temptation to basically tell you that you know things are the way they are and just just move on. <laughs> but Job, Job does the kind of the same thing right here. He goes, "Won't you ever stop blowing hot air? You know what? What makes you keep on talking? I could say the same things if I were in your place. I could spout off criticism and shake my head. But if it were me, that's your neighbor, and just say, if it were me, right? If it were me." I would encourage you so Job is telling his friends, if I were in your place, man, I would try to take away your grief. I'd try to speak life to you. I'd try to lift you up. And, and today, I hope I'm able to bring a great word of encouragement to you, especially you guys who are battling some stuff, who are in the trenches, who might need a hundred reasons to be encouraged here today. See, the, the, the words we speak, they're very powerful. They can build people up, or they can tear them down. Proverbs 18:21 says the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Your words both affect other people's lives and play a part in holding you accountable and I want my words to build your faith to strengthen your confidence to believe that God is for you as we talked about last week that he's with you that he'll never leave you he's working in you if it were up to me I would encourage you and build your faith because everyone you see they're facing an uphill battle to some degree or another and often we know nothing about the battles they're struggling with and they need to hear a word of encouragement from you So Hebrews 3.13 tells us this, that we should encourage each other every day so that none of you, the author says, will be deceived by sin and hardened against God what does sin do? What destroys? It tears down. It it hardens hearts. It's the ultimate discourager reminding you that you can't be fulfilled, that you can't measure up, that you can't ever get things done. We need that encouragement every day. Like you need it. I need it, man. And so when I say encouragement, some of you guys are already thinking like, all right, hey, pastor, cool. I like the idea of encouraging people, but I'm not very good at it. Like, what do I say? What do I, what do I do? And it's not too difficult. Okay. When both my kids started walking, they looked like little Frankensteins everywhere. They're stumbling and falling down. They were kind of clunky but eventually they figured out how to watch just fine. And so you might not naturally be gifted at encouraging people, but if you keep at it, you'll figure out how to do it well. In fact, I'll give you the most simple rule. That's a big game changer for encouraging folks, okay? If you think something good, say it. And if you think something good, express it. That's it, it's that easy. So text them, call them, write them a note, buy them lunch. You know, when you think of something positive and good, why would you not want to express that word of encouragement? Why would you want to rob someone one of the very thing which can lift them up in a moment of great discouragement. One of the greatest blessings you can give uh, is to say or do something encouraging, just out of the blue, no strings attached. So few people in our world behave that way, right? So in fact, I'm going to challenge you with this too. With every critical word you utter, make it a goal to say 100 encouraging words. Now, I know that sounds crazy and ridiculous. Some of you are already saying, pastor, <laughs> you're going negative on me. Pastor, come on, this is nuts. I can't do it. Do you know who I'm married to? <laughs> right? And as he was writing to the Christians in Ephesus, Paul says in Ephesians 4.29, he says, Hey, just don't use bad language. Say only what is good and helpful so that your words will be what? An encouragement to those who hear them. It's not a hundred to one, it's a hundred to none. That's That's a pretty high bar. Think about how different your relationships could be though, and how different the faith of others in your life could be if every time you thought of something good, you set it free and encouraged them. Wouldn't it be great for your kids to hear a hundred words of encouragement, a hundred times what you see in them, what you believe in them, how you're for them, how they're winning, than to hear all the ways you're picking them apart? If they were up to me, I'd want to be full of encouragement, which builds and instills spiritual confidence in my kids. I want to bring that kind of language into my marriage. Like, don't you? It could change everything about your relationship with your spouse. Hey, listen, if you're not married yet, listen up here real quick. This is going to save us some time down the road. If you can build your spouse up, it's a game changer. I can do what I do because my wife believes in me. She'll tell me that. She'll show me that. She's with me. And I make it my goal to be just as supportive for her. I had a lady come up to me one time, and she was a pretty strong Christian, growing Christian. She said, I just want my husband to be the spiritual leader of our home. I get ladies saying this kind of thing all the time. And while publicly she may have, you know, built him up, she was not doing that privately. You know, other women will come up and and, and publicly with their husband next to them say, you know, I just want to be the spiritual leader. (laughs) I'm like, well, that's game over. You know, your man ain't going to step up. You're publicly calling him out in front of other people. He's going to pick up his ball and go home because he feels like I can't win. See, every time your husband does something really remotely spiritual get excited and celebrate that guys same thing for your wives get excited and celebrate it just just become an encourager if they say a prayer as simple as hey god thanks for today celebrate that and encourage them build them up we encourage what we want to see and we typically see more of what we're encouraging don't we so if you're thinking of something good say it act on it in a world of so much criticism so much hatred and discouragement negativity you be the light and start with your marriage man start with putting your, your family first and then move to your friends and people around you because remember there are people fighting battles that you often know nothing about. Other times, and for me, I think often this is probably true, the person who needs the most encouragement isn't your spouse or friends or co workers, it's actually you. You know, we're our own worst enemy. We're usually harder on ourselves than anybody else. You know, believe it or not, in those moments, we, we need to really encourage ourselves. So, 1 Samuel chapter 30, there's a story about, about David before he becomes king of Israel. Now, he's already killed Goliath. He's made the current king of Israel, a guy named Saul, very jealous and paranoid, so much so that David's a wanted man. So, David spends many years on the road, uh, and he draws all kinds of people from across the region, and pretty soon, his group of guys following him is pretty big. I mean, it's so large, they're their own army, and instead of fighting King Saul and Israel, he fights Israel's enemies. Well, their home base is a town called Ziklag, and while they're away, the Amalekites come in. They do some pretty crazy damage. 1 Samuel 30, verses 1 through 6. Three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziklag, and they Crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground, and they had carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anybody. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. Immense pain, right? David's two wives, Ahinoam from Jezreel, and Abigail, the wife of or the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured, and so David was now in great danger because all his men were bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength. Strength, and the Lord is God. It's a pretty tough spot to be in for David, right? He's leading all these guys. Their families are gone. Their homes are burned down. The village they were in is destroyed. His men are so hurt. They're so ticked off at him. They're ready to kill him. You know, there's a lot of people who think they like to lead, right? There's a lot of backseat drivers who will proudly talk about what a leader should do. And if I were in charge, I'd do this. You know, let me just tell you real quick. Not everybody's cut out to be a leader. All right. Many aspire to it, but only a few can really cut it. And in moments like these, it's easy to point any leaders in charge and blame those guys and get angry and want change and all that kind of junk. Good leaders will absorb all of that. They know whether it's you know directly their fault or not, the buck stops with them, they're responsible, they'll, they'll take it. And no one took this harder than David. No one felt more discouraged, I guarantee you, than David. And it's the last verse that's the most important. We read that he found in the midst of his discouragement strength in God. Now that's good. But let's dig a little bit deeper if we can for a moment. If you were to read the story in the original Hebrew when it was written in, there's a word uh, for for that phrase found strength called Kazakh. That, that word literally means to uh, to encourage yourself, right? To find strength in yourself. So David is telling himself that, hey, I, I'm gonna remind myself of the faithfulness of God, I'm gonna remind myself of the goodness of God, I'm gonna remind myself of God's provision. When he looked around and saw nothing but hopelessness and, and despair and discouragement, he found himself in that in that tough place. He built himself up with his kazak, man. He got his kazak back. He reminded himself of the goodness of God, he encouraged himself and found strength in the Lord. And what happens next if we keep reading? David goes to the Lord and he asks if he should pursue their enemies. And God says, yeah, go for it, man. You'll get everything back and you'll have total victory. Now, when David, you know, when did he get this word from the Lord? Well, he got it after he encouraged himself in the Lord, after he got the kazat back, right? So, so what do we know? Well, we know that positive words are difficult to remember, but negative words are really difficult to forget. They last a lifetime. You ever experienced that before, right? Like, you know, you can have 10 people give you an amazing compliment and that one person out of 10, they'll say something super negative that ruins everything. All you can think about the rest of the day is that one person who came at you, man. And what's crazy is neurologists are like, hey, your brain is predisposed to believe something negative almost immediately, but it takes a full 15 seconds of focusing on anything positive before we actually start to believe it. And that's why, you know, what you tell yourself is so important. So David, he read most of the Psalms, and it's interesting to read them and, and kind of get a glimpse of his own private life, right? Three different times in the Psalms, he's got to get that kazat back, man. He has to encourage himself. He has to say things like, hey, why are you so down? Why are you so low? Maybe you're feeling like, like that right now. You know, you're feeling that, hey, I'm battling some things. There's some personal stuff going on in my life, and I'm battling that. I, I feel down. My kids, my spouse, my friends are struggling. And David, in those moments, he preaches to himself. And in each instance, he follows it up with, hey, put your hope in the Lord, man, put your hope in God. And so what David never said was he never said, hey, David, you got this. You can do it, man. He never put his hope in himself. He always put it in God. So whenever you're down, whenever you're struggling, whenever you're looking at everything happening in our world right now and think, man, this is all coming to an end. It's the worst thing ever. Are we going to be all right? You know, get your kazat back, bro. Get it back. Encourage yourself, man. Get a little preach in you. Remind yourself, man, that God is your provider, that God is your protector, that God's always with you, that God's always good. You know, you don't have this but God's got it everything is working for your future good because you love God man that's a promise straight from his word and when you struggle with negative voices telling you hey, man, that you just screwed up, that your relationships are going to fall apart, that you'll never make it, that your life is meaningless, man, get your kazak back. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Say, no, man, my God's working for me, and I trust that He's not finished with me yet. There's a hundred reasons to be encouraged, and all of them stem from how God sees you and from who God is. And because of who God is and because of how He sees you, we can accept. When we accept that and walk in the truth, man, we become voices of encouragement. We become expressions of God's love and action that can lift people up and bring life to people who are mired in despair. In a world so polarized, so conflicted, so down, so negative, more than ever, we need to be the biggest voices of encouragement this side of eternity, right? So now here's what else is important today. You know, these are not just little encouraging power statements we tell ourselves to feel good. I want you to understand these are promises that flow from the real power and presence of God, which for every Christian, it's with in you. God loves and cares for you. Remember, man, he's got you. Be encouraged in him. Get your kazat back and you'll become a voice of encouragement. And we need to become the voice of encouragement. Pay attention to the people who are battling all around you. When positive things come to your mind, man, say them, express them. Every time you out on something good, you know, every time you bless another person, if you're watching or listening right now, man, listen, say it, express it. In fact, if you are local and you're just not with us here today, when you come to Radiant Church next time, I want you to grab a handful of At The Kindness cards that we've got in both of our foyers. In the front, it says something that reminds you that God loves you. In the back, it says, you know, we do too, and it's Radiant Church. Be an encourager. When you go around town, uh, you see folks who are struggling, be an encourager. Say something positive to them. Hand them a card. Uh, leave a card for them, you know, whatever. But, but, but do these acts of kindness. Do some things. You know, when you think of positive things, good things, say it and express it. Don't hold it and release that to bless somebody, man. And so I hope that you'll do that. If you're local, the next time that you come through, grab some of those cards, get out there, bless some folks, be an encourager to some people. But maybe you're watching or listening here today And you're just thinking, Pastor, I need to be an encourager. I've not been an encourager. I've been down the dumps, man. It's been rough. And I want to change. I want to be that encourager going forward. Listen. I want to pray for you that God will restore your joy, man. That God brings joy back to your life again. Uh, and, and maybe you're watching or listening today, and 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 you're just you're just struggling, period. Because it's not that you want to be an encourager so much as, man, you yourself right now are going through an uphill battle. You're going through a struggle. You're going through the trenches right now. And you're saying, Pastor, I can't make it. I don't think I can make it. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I I, I just don't feel. I feel like Job. Everything's been ripped away from me. I don't know what to do. And for you specifically, man, I want to pray for you today. And ask that God will encourage your soul, man, your very depth of your being, that God will stir you up and encourage you, man, and that God uh, will, will bring joy to your life that you've never experienced before. So, can I do that real quick for me? Hey, God, we love you. Yeah, thank you for your goodness and your grace. Lord, I pray right now for those, first of all, who are in those battles, who are in the trenches, God, who are struggling right now. they saying, Lord, I need encouragement. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm know where I'm going to go. I'm in despair. I'm in, I'm just, I'm just, I'm broken. Lord, I need encouragement in my life. Lord, I pray right now, God, give them a joy, give them a peace, God, that, 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 that they've never experienced before that lifts them up, Lord, that, that sets them back on firm footing. God, that, that brings hope to the hopeless situation they might find themselves in and I pray Lord you surround them with people as well who can walk through this journey with them and encourage them God and lift them up and carry them Lord I pray uh, through what they're going through right now Lord we know that your son he died for our sin he died for our our iniquities God so we can be free from from darkness and Lord that includes the darkness of despair and discouragement and I pray you just would remind them of that, that there's joy that comes in the morning there's joy God that comes only from you may you just release that in their lives here today, I pray. And Father, for those who are uh, who are wanting to be encouragers, Lord, maybe they're not struggling so much, but they just want to be encouragers. They've been negative a little bit more. They would like to. Uh, they, they, they want to step up in God and, and encourage folks in their lives. Lord, I pray you'd help them to see the opportunities that are all around them right now to be encouragers, to be people, God, who are who, who, who lift others up, who bring words of wisdom and life, God, who, who bring joy uh, wherever they go, Lord. I pray that you would use them, Father, uh, to, to bring encouragement to the lives of family members and, and co-workers and neighbors, God, and their spouses and kids. I pray, Lord, that they become a great light in a dark and negative and cynical world. We thank you for what you're going to do, for what you've already done. We give you the praise and honor and glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.